Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 6th of June 2022 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson. Episode 395, counting down to the 400, the slow countdown. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's a late record today. It's 18.45 hours. Can't even speak. What a long weekend that was. You know I'm not a fan of the bank holidays. Not in the summer. Stagger them. Let's have a few during the winter, as I always say. You also know that I've been a Republican my entire life, so I find these things painful. So I'm just going to skip over the Jubilee stuff. I'm glad it's done. Speaking to you after a 10K run. Everything about today is late. You know, I got to the cafe late. I had a late lunch, had a late run, and now a late, uh, a late record. Feel okay after the run. I was only going to do a, well, I wanted to do a 10k. I did a 10k, but I thought for much of that run it was just going to be a 7k owing to time and laziness. I mean, I just admire anyone who can enjoy running. I find it so monotonous. I find it as monotonous as doing a nine-to-five job. I really do. And of course, hard swallow, first hard swallow of the show, 18.46 hours. I'm not wearing any headphones because I can't multitask. Also, there are some parts of the park that are very remote and I wouldn't, uh, you know, I want to know who's coming up behind me. So I'm fine with that, but I suppose it just makes the run more monotonous than it otherwise would be. But those people who can actually run and enjoy it, I do envy them because I just find it as boring as hell. But, you know, I did the 10K. Mentally, I feel a bit better for it. It means that this week, which is going to be a busy week, you know, Wednesday, I'll be doing another run on Wednesday. And at the moment, if I don't have a gig on Wednesday, I'm going to be playing football in Regent's Park. That's been switched from Thursday, so I can do Wednesday football. So that'll be quite a exercise heavy day. I've also got a gig on Thursday. Had a gig tonight, but it got cancelled because of the uh, tube strike, which has given me the flexibility to record on the Monday again, because uh, otherwise I would have had to record yesterday. So in a way, it freed up uh, my Sunday. Hard swallow again, 18.47. I sprayed some insect repellent before the run, and I still managed to get bitten by these gnats. Just on the shins. They do love the shins so yeah the run itself the first uh, I do that uh, warm-up now I've reintroduced the warm-up because it's the only way really to cope properly with the start of the run proper the hill it makes the hill easier so the first 10 lengths that I'm running before I get onto the 9k the rest of the 9k I think the first 10 lengths equate to about 1k and the breathing is fine. And then when I start the run, start the second K up the hill, if I don't have, if I haven't done the 
the uh, the warm up, which is part of the run. But if I haven't, you know, started with that warm up, the ten lengths, then the breathe in when I'm starting up the hill is kind of. If there aren't people around, I tend to breathe out really heavily and slowly and really get it out of my system. It tends to uh, help me. And of course, I'm aware that I'm breathing heavily because I'm not wearing headphones, whereas most of the people who are wearing headphones, they have no idea that they are heavy breathers. So that's um, the sec, uh, you know, 2K, the 2K mark, which takes me through the long grass, which I think is probably where I'm being bitten. And I think around the 7K mark today, I was having to deal with a greyhound that was running on that uh, particular path as well. And if it had uh, come up behind me, I think it would have knocked me down. It was running at such a pace. So that's um, 2K. Once I'm past that hill, I tend to calm down a bit. So the breathing is uh, more silent, uh, more steady. It's kind of... Come to the children's playground, and as I turn, I do a right. It's a little corridor. During uh, the early lockdown of the COVID era, the first lockdown, I was always worried about that particular corridor because it would bring you into close proximity with other people. And I thought that has the potential to, you know, you could potentially catch COVID in that particular corridor. Once I turn, once I finished navigating around that children's playground. I turn, uh, I turn left, and so I'm going uphill just for a bit again, and and that is a a little climb. So, it's, and then it's downhill, and it's, uh, you know, and remember, I'm doing the perimeter of the park because I'm a pedant. I'm doing the full perimeter. There's no shortcuts. There's not many people that do the full lap of the park. It's not to say that I run more than anybody. It's just the distance that I run, my route, is the full perimeter of the park. I'm going all around the park, all around the edges, the trails. I'm I'm skirting the railings. That's me. That's what I do. I literally don't cut corners. There's another little climb around uh what would that be i think it would be two or 3k it would be 3k the 3k mark a lap is 3k but because i've got the 10 lengths at the start which equates a 1k so this would be uh 3k so i've still got a uh the final K of that particular lap to go and there's another climb just before that first lap and then the second uh, sorry the final uh the 4k 3 to 4k it's a kind of gentle As I finish 4K, I have to prepare to go up the hill again, and then it starts again. And mentally, I'm thinking, there's no way I'm doing 10. This is going to be 7 today, and that's it. It's done. I'll try and do a 10 Wednesday or Friday. Knowing full well when Wednesday and Friday come along again that uh, I'll be looking to avoid doing the 10K. So get beyond the hill again and then it starts to come down so that's four to five k five to six k gentle at this point my head starts to clear a bit the run starts to become a bit more comfortable i at this point i start to believe that the 10k is on Prior to that, I'm thinking there's no way I'm doing 10K. And the excuse of having to record this show as well, that starts to play a big part. But by the time I go from 5 to 6K, I'm starting to feel a bit more confident that I've got the 10K in me. 
At 6 to 7k around the adventure playground again, just uh, got that little climb again. <sighs> Slow down the descent. That's, uh, I think, 6 to 7k, is it? No, 5 to 6k. I'm getting confused now. Anyway, so that's the way. That's the way it goes. The the seven to eight, which was the final climb, as I started the final lap. That's where I encountered the greyhound, and I was genuinely worried that the greyhound was going to come up behind me again. Right at the end, hard swallow, eighteen fifty three. Right at the end, maybe about three hundred meters from the end. No, it's about two hundred meters. There was a dog that uh, wouldn't leave me alone. There was a couple on the trail. They eventually got rid of the dog. I was just trying to ignore the dog. It wasn't one of those uh, dogs that has the potential to hurt you. Just a dog that really needed its owner to, you know, take an interest in what the dog was doing. And that was it. I made the 10, came back, had a stretch, warmed down. Uh, I've had my um, evening dinner. Got to have a shower after this. Just want to get the show out and then I can uh, relax, play a bit of Star Wars football, have a bit of granola. I have been trying to lay off the granola. I've been, you know, doing these abdominal exercises every day and I can see they're taking an effect. They are very, uh, they're quite tough to do, but they're getting a bit easier and I'm building them up. So, uh, you know, exercising quite a bit, but uh, I was at the GP this morning. One of the things we were talking about, well, what other meds can I come off? And I've come off one. But just uh, the weight loss is a concern. It's uh, over 20 pounds in a year. So uh, got to get some tests done this week. You know, the nurse was concerned about that. I have been paying a bit more attention to uh, nutrition, eating, trying to eat the right things. You know, I'm very good with my fruit. But there were still better things that I could be doing, such as, you know, introducing fish into my um, diet, even though I'm not a piscine guy. But... um, that's not good radio or podcasting, is it? Um, the thing about it now, I'm aware of what I should be eating or a bit more aware of what I should be eating, but, you know, I can't afford to buy it. Can't afford to buy it because everything's just gone nuts. Everything is just going up. It is absolutely crazy. Visual of the week, Friday night. I'll come to the gigs later, but on my way to a gig on Friday night, I was just prepping. I'd signed up for the gig. I stepped outside because, you know, it it was in Clapham and I don't particularly like Clapham. And I was just walking across the road trying to get my head around uh, the gig, you know, just doing my mental preparation. And there was a big parade of uh, guys dressed in evil Knievel costumes on bikes quite an arresting sight the costumes were magnificent I should have taken a picture but everybody was taking a picture and I just thought I don't want to be the tribal guy you know I don't want to be part of that that's the whole thing about living across the road from this uh, you know this park that's having these festivals and I'm running I'm going through the pain barrier and you know these gigs are going on you can hear everyone singing along to whoever's on stage I've never been one for the sing-along and I always find it troubling that one person on stage can absolutely dominate hundreds of people, maybe more, when they're absolutely off their heads on alcohol and drugs. It's frightening the way people will allow themselves to be manipulated. Okay, yeah, they're having a good time. That's not my idea of a good time, though. You know, if I'm going to do something like that, I'm going to be the guy on stage. I'm not going to be part of the tribe having some guy with a mic telling me to put my hands in the air. You know, that's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I've never been one of the tribe. You know that. That's why the few of you maybe who 
been listening to this show from the beginning, you know that about me. You know, I don't, uh, I'm very much against the tide. Uh, uh, feeling tired. So it's a tube strike in London today. That cost me the gig. But you know what? I don't mind. I support the strike. There's barely any staff at these stations now. When you need something, it's such a problem. It's so difficult to get that information that you need now at any tube station. So, you know, if we're talking about 600 jobs are at risk of being lost, and that's going to make, say, our stations even more ghost-like, then, you know, I support these guys. It's one day. Obviously, I'm not a big tube user, but, you know, I, I, I support these guys with their strike. It is a bad time for London. Why am I holding this at the arm of this mic? It's just going to be making a noise. I'm not, uh, you know, I support them. It's an inconvenience, but, you know, there are jobs at stake here. So uh, let's not uh, let's not give them a tough time. Met my, well, met one of my new neighbours on, um, I think it was Friday or Saturday. They moved in on the Thursday. Moved in very quickly, actually. It's a couple... Uh, the woman is from uh, Canada. I got her accent wrong. I said, are you from the States? She was one of those Canadians who actually sounds like she's from the States, whereas in recent years I've become more familiar with the horrendous Canadian accent, you know, the, which I first became aware of when watching Making a Murder around uh, 2015, 2016, you know, the whole aboots, that horrendous accent. I never knew Canadians spoke like that or a lot of Canadians spoke like that. So I met her. They've got a kid. Well, at least one kid. I haven't met the guy yet. But, uh, yeah, at the moment, they're fairly quiet. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of relaxed uh, about that. Some uh, housekeeping from last week's show. I got the whole thing about my cousin's birthday wrong. He is, in fact, still celebrating his birthday on the 29th of May. I told my aunt that he was celebrating it on the 30th of May. I told her that he told me that. He told me that he didn't tell me that. He said I must have heard it from his brother. So I'm confused. I did hear it from someone, though. I didn't imagine it. I was told that uh, he was celebrating it now on the 30th of May, but he's told me he's celebrating it on the 29th. I gave him his birthday greetings on the 30th. He said it was yesterday. So confusing. The family admin is an absolute uh, absolute uh, nightmare. Towards the end of last week, uh, went uh, joined a new dentist. I'm not sure how I feel about that yet, but my old one in Putney has just priced me out, really. These guys are a bit cheaper also. They're local, so I'm saving the the uh, the travel money, the hygienist, he had a man bun. I don't know how I felt about having a dental hygienist or just a dentist with a man bun. I'm not sure that these people in such positions should have those kind of flamboyant hairstyles. It, it makes me worry about what their priorities are. It doesn't quite look professional. I don't know. That's just me. But anyway, I'm telling you this story because uh, it turned out when I removed my jacket, I put my top on inside out. And it, it hadn't felt right when I put it on, but I, you know, because my eyesight, the eyes again, Dave, because my eyes aren't great, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see that. I was checking myself in the mirror before I left the flat. Hard swallow, 1900 hours. And so I didn't see that I had it on inside out and it was just blatantly inside out. He saw it. I had to acknowledge it. I had to make light of it. 
There was no way of uh, getting around it. I think it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just age now. It's stress as well. It's just my head being all over the place. Books starting, well, I'm enjoying The Haunted Shore, which I told you about last week, but I'm also reading by Gaslight, Stephen Price. It's a book I bought maybe two or three years ago, a used book. I'm actually reading it without gloves. Maybe uh, just a, a, a sign that, uh, the, you know, may, that might be the sertraline, I think, behind that, behind uh, my more relaxed approach to the book. It's in fairly good condition, though I do remember I had to sellotape the um, the front cover when it arrived. It was shortlisted for the, uh, I have no idea what this award is, but I'll read it as if I do the CWA Endeavour Historical Dagger Award back in 2017. It was published in 2016. London, 1885, a woman's body is discovered on Edgeware Road, 10 miles away, her head is pulled from the dark, muddy waters of the Thames. For two men, this event will push them to the very brink. So, it's uh, hard to swallow again, 1901, it's historical fiction. The This is uh, the Thames torso murders form the backdrop, and of course those were going on at the same time as the Ripper murders in uh, London in the 1880s. In fact, they went on for far longer than the Ripper murders. <clears throat> Some people actually believe it was the same person, but uh, the MO was so different, that is unlikely. Anyway, continuing the blur for the book, Detective William Pinkerton, 39 years old, already famous and already lonely, in an attempt to solve this case. I'll say that again, in an attempt to solve this case, he must descend into the seedy, gaslit streets, opium dens, sewers and seance halls of Victorian London. And uh, the other lead character, Adam Fall, a gent- uh, that's Fall with an E at the end, a gentleman without a past, haunted by a love affair 10 years gone. I can relate to that. What he learns from his lover's fate will force him to confront a past and a grief he thought long buried. The problem with this book, it's an 800-page book, right? Uh, the punctuation is an enormous challenge. It's notorious in that respect, if you look at the reviews, because there's no punctuation in it. And it took me ages to get used to it. And around 60, 70 pages in, I was thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I just read some more of the reviews, which obviously it risked uh, spoilers. But some of the reviewers were saying, look, they eventually got used to it. Stick with it because it's a brilliant book. And uh, yeah, I'm starting to really enjoy it. It's starting to get into it. I'm a quarter of the way through it. But I maintain... The lack of punctuation is a strange decision, a bizarre decision for any book, let alone an 800-page book. I'd love to know the the idea behind it. I mean, uh, Stephen Price is a poet, I think, so I don't know if that had any bearing on it, but... Uh as a gimmick, I just don't quite buy it. It's a, it's a compelling book, though, but just very difficult. Even though I'm now used to it, it's still very difficult to read. And uh, reading it ungloved, as I say, but uh, mind you, I'm uh, hand gelling in bed once I finish with the book. Also, and I started reading this because it's 125 years since uh, Bram Stoker wrote The Count. And uh, there's loads of uh, podcasts at the moment on that, some brilliant podcasts, uh, podcasts even on that. And uh, I've decided to revisit a book that had a, uh, an influence on, on Bram Stoke, and that's The Vampire by John William Polidori. 
And uh, it's a short and chilling romantic tale of the legends of the vampire. And here's the blurb. In many parts of Greece, it is considered as a sort of punishment after death for some heinous crime committed whilst in existence that the deceased is not only doomed to vampirize, but compelled to confine his infernal visitation solely to those beings he loved most while upon earth, those to whom he was bound by ties of kindred and affection. A supposition alluded to in the what sound am I making there? I'll spell the word for you. G-I-A-O-U-R. I don't know. That's a Greek word. What the hell is that? Let me just check that for you. Gaior. 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 How do you say that? Got the uh, Prime Minister's vote uh, of confidence tonight. I actually just tweeted because I was listening to Five Live and the caller... I think in Saffron Walden, which I know an area I know, he he, he called in and uh, first named the Prime Minister. And I just find it really annoying that uh, people still first name this guy who's been an absolute uh, disaster. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'll, I'll check the pronunciation in a moment, but it is the name given to the evil monster of a man in the tale Vathek, written by William Beckford in, Fri- uh, in French in 1782 and translated into English soon after... Right, but how do you actually say it? Right, I'm checking it now. Let's see if you might hear this. I'm not accepting the cookies. Preference center, reject, save settings. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. Did you hear that? Let me um, let me see if that comes up on Audacity. Right, I'm going to... Not say anything. I'm going to see if this comes up. I don't think it did. No. So it's Jower. 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 That's the American one. Jower. Okay, so that's, uh, that's clarified that. I don't know if, that's, uh, if it's actually added any anything to the quality of episode uh, 395. Uh, William Polidori is credited with creating the literary genre of romantic vampire fiction with his short story The Vampire. When Aubrey, a young Englishman, meets the mysterious Lord Ruthven, he discovers a horrible secret that threatens everyone he knows and loves. There is, and some of you guys might be familiar with it, there is an interesting backstory to the writing of this book, which I was aware of uh, for ease because I didn't have time to make notes on this. I'm just going to refer you to Wikipedia. Uh, I've got that open. Have I closed it? No, I haven't. I'll close down the boxing. I thought the Cambosos-Haney fight was live on Sky Sports main event. I didn't realise it was a pay-per-view. Of course it was. Okay. Um, I'll give you more of the blurb for the story. Aubrey meets the mysterious Lord Ruthven at a social event when he comes to London. After briefly getting to know Ruthven, Aubrey agrees to go travelling around Europe with him, but leaves him shortly after they reach Rome when he learns that Ruthven seduced the daughter of a mutual acquaintance. Alone, he travels to Greece where he falls in love with an innkeeper's daughter, Ianth. She tells him about the legends of the vampire, which are very popular in the area. I'm not going to read more because uh, it's got spoilers. Okay, but the name of the work's protagonist, Lord Ruthven, was originally used in Lady Caroline Lamb's novel, Glenarvan, in which a thinly disguised Byron figure was named Clarence de Ruthven, Earl of Glenarvan. Yeah, there is an issue. There was an issue between Lord Byron and Polidori over this book. 
And uh, the book was published. When was the book published? It was published on the 1st of April, 1819. And Polidori wrote a letter to the editor explaining that though the groundwork is certainly Lord Byron's, its development is mine. And uh, later printings, initially the author was given as Lord Byron, Byron? Lord Byron, later printings, though, removed Byron's name and added Polidori's name to the title page. The book was uh, immediately a popular success, partly because of the Byron attribution, um, partly because it exploited the Gothic horror predilections of the public. So, And Polidori is credited with transforming the vampire from a character in folklore into the form that it is recognised today. An aristocratic, I can't speak today, an aristocratic, oh, jeez, an aristocratic, Aristocratic fiend who prays among high society. There we go. And his book is thought to have had a big influence on uh, Bram Stoker. Moving on. There we go. My friend came round yesterday afternoon to look at filling the cavities. I don't want to tempt fate. It's uh, been a week clear of uh, rodent sightings, but my God, it's taken a toll. I, I was ill for most of last week. It was unwell and got through it. With the, you know, with the gigs, there was a couple of gigs I did where I just really wasn't uh, well enough. Did a good, uh, well, I'll come to the gigs later, but I'll swallow 1909. Yeah, my friend uh, came over. We had a look at everything. He also uh, fixed the flushing mechanism on the WC. I mean, there's so many problems here. The water tank, uh, the hard water, something is just burning my face when I'm uh, washing my face. The whole place is uh, falling apart. But uh, I'm just waiting for him to give me uh, a quote to run past the uh, the landlord to see if all of this stuff can be fixed. It's uh, it's going to be a fairly uh, big job, I think. I've also had to put uh, traps up in one of the lofts. I've never actually been in either of the lofts. The one with the water tank, I can get up there. But there is the one, these are really high ceilings here. And I've got a ladder, but it's busted and it's a really high ladder and it's an unusual ladder the way it opens up it's not a normal ladder living on my own I really don't want to risk going up this ladder because you've got to hook it onto the hatch once I open the hatch and uh, I've never even been in that loft I've got stuff of mine in that loft that I've just lost track of over the years but uh, I did stick a trap just inside the hatch of the loft above the bathroom I don't know I'm tired of all of this stuff you know we went for a coffee afterwards, which was uh, nice and uh, caught up and, you know, it was a decent way to spend a Sunday afternoon before uh, returning to the flat. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 395. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Can I speak? At 1607westdeckfacebook.com forward slash DRT available. You've got the gig page as well, the Facebook gig page at DRT Comedy. Uh, I can add you on there if you find me. DanielRuizTyson.com for all my work. And of course, there is the Patreon page that keeps this show alive. Patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Uh, always dread clicking on this to see how many supporters I've uh, lost this week. How do other shows do it? How, how do they... Uh, I'm still holding steady at 17. Okay, that's a relief. That's a relief. Hard to stay. Uh, hard to stay motivated. Let me bring the mic up a bit closer. 
And uh, you can also support the work, of course, via PayPal and Kofi.com. Links on my website. If you make a one-off donation, uh, if you're not supporting the show on Patreon, but you do make a one-off show uh, donation, one-off donation, tired. Make a one-off donation. The show will be retransferred to you. Any patron uh, bonus content, that is. All the links on the website. Uh, some news with regards to when shorts were short. You know, whether it works or not, it doesn't really matter to me. If it works, then I'll be committed to it. If it doesn't, that's fine. I've tried everything. You know, I'm eating fun size apples. I'm not bringing that show back and not making any money from it because it's too much, uh, you know, too much work. You know, I'm eating these fun size apples that I can finish in about 10 seconds. So clearly there's something wrong with my life. And, uh, you know, doing more work for free, that's just not going to be on. So I'm going to. I'm talking about introducing a subscription model where listeners will uh, pledge a minimum £1.50 donation. And if the show, through its listeners, if each episode reaches a pledge of £150 after PayPal, Payoneer, Coffee.com deductions, if there is £150 there, then I'll edit the show, produce it within a matter of days, and we transfer it to everyone. But the days of uh, free when shorts were short, you know, they're at an end. Tried everything with that show. It wasn't supported by ACAST because, uh, you know, the, the starting point is if you like a show, you've got to share it. You've got to review it, you know. And then the algorithm of that particular site, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it will elevate the show. It will promote it a bit more, make it more prominent in the uh, uh, podcast, uh, on the, on their podcast pages. Other people will find it. That means more downloads. That increases the chances of the downloads reaching the 10K per episode mark that needed to be reached in order to attract advertising, which would have meant that I didn't need to charge less listeners but there wasn't that support for it you know 5,000 downloads is nothing when you consider there were 30 episodes and that was you know probably close to a thousand hours of work when I take in the amount of research I had to do as well so it just doesn't work as a model if you don't support a show in the most basic way the show is not going to work so I, I, I think it's fair. I think it's a good show. And if you're asking just every listener that wants the show to pay pound fifty towards that episode, then it will be made. I'm sitting on a backlog of 40 big episodes. You know, I don't want to walk away from the show. But as I say, I've, I've tried everything. I'm, I'm not going to do any more with that show now. It's not going to come. It's not going to be released for nothing. You know, I have to pay rent. I have to keep a roof over my head. I can't continue working for free. Uh, You know, not at this age. This is just uh, ridiculous. You know, the future is dire. So I can't apologize for that because I've tried everything to keep the show free and it hasn't worked. If you like a show, you have to support it. You have to share it. How how do the other shows do it? Why do they get so many reviews? And okay, so there have been 5,000 downloads and yet just 25 reviews. Now, obviously, I'm saying to you that 5,000 downloads isn't, is nothing. But it's still 5,000 downloads, 25 reviews from 5,000 downloads. That's not good, is it? So uh, there's likely to be a five-minute episode of When Shorts Were Short being released this week, which will go into more detail on all of this. But that's it. That's the only way that show survives. And as I say, if um, 
if listeners aren't interested. And at the moment, the the interest has been minimal, absolutely minimal. Very few retweets, uh, very few emails from uh, listeners. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, I want it. I missed the show. But they're not willing to contribute to the show. And then I had a couple of people say, well, uh, I won't donate, but I will donate for this particular episode. Well, good, because you're going to have to wait about 40 more episodes for that episode to come out. I don't think I'm still going to be alive by the time it comes around to uh, that episode's turn to be released. Last week's gigs, last Monday, I was traveling to Hackney, got my bus wrong, left me at the wrong end had to run all the way. And the, the the venue, the number was 415. The bus left me outside number one on that particular road. It was such a long road. And it is, uh, let me speak into the mic again. It is so tricky running with uh, a bag. It is for me because I'm not used to it. And, you know, by the time I arrived at the venue, I was uh, I was sweating a bit. There's a couple of really good uh, comics there that I already knew. And so, uh, you know, we did another gig together fairly empty night nice venue nice stage typically of me as I left I was told I I, I said to the MC look uh, I can't go back the way I came because it's just going to take forever is there an easier way to to get uh, back and they said yeah sure you just uh, just do a left uh, about a minute a minute walk uh, do a left here when you come out walk for a minute then do another left and you're there and suddenly I recognised where I was. I was where I'd done a, another gig a couple of times. I'd complicated my journey, which is typical of me. I can't read maps. I can't read maps, so I'd complicated the the, uh, the journey. I'd got there late. And, well, how many times does that happen? How many more times will it happen? I'd taken the wrong headphones. I'd taken these headphones that I bought in Poundland for a pound that don't even work. You know, I know they're a pound... I only expected them to work badly, but at least work. They didn't even work. That is just strange. I've tried them on the phone. I tried them on my uh, little radio. <sighs> tried them on the iPad. Just crazy. Wednesday, I did a gig in New Cross. That was pretty dead. I did really well. And I just had to, you know, I'm not really good at those uh, kind of workshop venues. The, the, the numbers beefed up. Uh, by the time of the second interval, you know, I've got uh, my foot's cramping up. I've actually got scotch tape around my old injury and I really should have uh, taken it off. I was just going to wait for it to uh, get wet in the shower and then I could take it off a lot easier. But uh, keeping this scotch tape wrapped around the old injury is kind of uh, starting to make my foot tingle. So that Wednesday gig, I mean, it went well, but and to be fair, it didn't take me that long to get to New Cross, even though it was two or three buses. But uh, yeah, it was still, I just don't want to get to a situation where suddenly I'm in front of an audience because I'm not used to it. It becomes a bit of a uh, problem. On I'm trying to think, Thursday night, oh, I did, um, yeah, because I did four gigs last week. Thursday night, I did Live, Laugh, Love, Live in Camberwell. Deserve more people there. Louis Colonnette, the MC, really funny guy, nice, affable MC. I will plug his nights in future, as I did this time, but I'll plug them even if I'm not on the show. I did 10 minutes. Again, deserved bigger numbers. I was uh, pleased with my performance, but it was, you know, it was a cold room. And so it wasn't, it was one of those where you just had to forget about it and just go through your set. And then on Friday, 
I actually I saw a guy called Vash who I think is at this gig I'm doing on Thursday or on the 21st this competition Czech guy spitting image of uh, Hugh Grant in his own words I wouldn't disagree and his set was brilliant it was worth seeing him you know it's worth going to that night just to get to know the MC and to see this guy in action he was so good so good I'm holding my own with these guys he was very good though really good and uh, then Friday night, I picked up uh, a spot on the day at uh, Comedy Bandits in Clapham. I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to avoid the plus one circuit. That's one of the few plus ones on the circuit that I'm willing to do because they get a good audience. So I'd contacted. Uh, actually, I picked it. I picked up the spot two days previously to that, and I contacted a friend of mine who I've known uh, for years. We studied together. Uh, she's a, a football journalist, lovely girl. But my God, she's just chaotic. When it comes to meeting her, nothing is ever straightforward. I said to her, look, are you sure you can come? If you tell me no, that's absolutely fine. I'm just asking you. It'd be nice to see you. But if you can come, great. But you've got to be sure because otherwise I'm going to lose my spot. Yeah, yeah, I can come. Don't worry. It'd be nice to see you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, do your stuff. 19, 15 hours on Friday. I'm on the uh, three, four, five from Stockwell to Clapham North, and just before I get off at Clapham North, she's uh, what's at me that she can't make, she can't make the night because uh, she's having to work longer that day at her national newspaper. Um, I think that 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 was the sound I think in my head. Um, you know, I said to her, I told you this. I, I, I can actually see the venue. You've sent me this message and I can see the venue from where I am on the bus and I'm about to go into this place and suddenly I don't have the plus one. This is why the plus ones are such a hassle. And uh, she said, okay, look, I'm going to try and get there, but I won't get there till quarter to nine. I'm going to get an Uber, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, let me speak to the um, MC and see how they feel if they're going to let me perform without a plus one I might just have to drop out of this and you know maybe they're going to just blacklist me and block me from uh, future gigs the MC was very reasonable about it but I said to him uh, no I'm going to make sure she comes because uh, she let me down she's told me so late gave me no chance to find anyone else you know I actually lost one of my bus handling gloves bus rail handling gloves that I've worn for a couple of years that I think have saved me from having COVID more. They're terrible gloves. They're, they've got really poor grip, but the important thing is that they do serve as a barrier between me and the railings. And I was so thrown by a message. I always travel with a bag, which I'd, I to, to a stand-up gig because I've got my new stand-up set that I'm working on. I've got uh, my book that I read. Got my headphones, got a couple of bananas in there, a bag of raisins and uh, sundry pills uh, and herbal pills that I take if I'm feeling anxious on the night. And I lost the glove. I lost the left glove. And I told her, I said, I've lost my glove because of you, because you've completely thrown me. The MC said to me when I said that uh, she was going to have difficulty getting there, she might not come till about quarter to nine. He said, well, look, don't worry. You don't need your plus one. You can still perform. Don't worry about it. Uh, he said, unless you wanted to see you perform. I said, no, I'm not really bothered about that, but I'm just so cheesed off with uh, her letting me down. I'm just determined to make sure she does come, you know, so, you know, that she... 
I can, you know, your word should mean something. You said you were coming. And I said, look, if you can't come, fine, but give me some notice so I can find someone else or at least cancel the gig and another comedian can do it. She gave me none of those. She, you know, she did none of, the, neither of those. And I can't even speak tonight. So uh, she turned up, she turned up. I was the penultimate act. I did brilliantly. I have to say, you know me, I'm a humble guy, but I've got to, you know, I've got to talk myself up. I did brilliantly that night. Went down really well. Just a little issue with the mic. It was such a bad mic stand. And at one point it slipped three or four inches. The MC had had problems with the mic stand as well. And I couldn't get the mic stand back up. That threw me slightly. Something to work on, but uh, I wrote it out. And then about seven minutes after I'd come off stage, the headline act was on and she turned up. So she didn't actually see me before. We went for a drink afterwards, and interestingly, we went to this other cafe on South Lambeth Road, and the illustrated man from the cafe, the cafe's angriest waiter for the last 20 years, is now working in that uh, cafe. He didn't look too happy to uh, see me in there. I don't know whether he's just moonlighting in there because he was working fewer shifts in the cafe, or whether he's now left and made a clean break. I don't know. It was... It was a bit weird. It looked a bit... It was like seeing uh, Linda Gray, Sue Ellen, in um, Hollyoaks. It just didn't look right. And it's a bit of a dinger cafe. I don't mind it. I, would, I don't like their coffee. There was a guy in there who was absolutely hammered. He was being carried by about three or four of his friends taken down to the basement loos, which are worse than the ones in the cafe. They're like a cave. I don't know how they were carved out of that basement, but they are horrendous loos. But it was good to catch up with my friend, but it was almost pointless her coming. She didn't get to see me perform. She didn't get to see anyone perform bar the headline act. And she only saw about three minutes of um, of his act. I have a, a leather glove. I lost one of those gloves about two years ago, which I covered on this show. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to travel with those two gloves now. And today I was about to wear the leather glove as I had my right-handed glove, surviving glove, you know mourning the loss of its partner on Friday night. And I realised, no, actually, I can't do that because they're both right-handed gloves, so I'm going to have to try and buy some gloves, thin gloves, just just for the buses, because I genuinely think that they have saved me from more COVID over the years. Though, of course, in the summer, I do get odd looks when I'm wearing the gloves. There is a comedian who wears gloves on stage, and I'm sure it's because of the whole uh, COVID thing. She's quite uh, paranoid about it. But yeah, the gig went really well. I'm picking up much bigger spots now. I've got two nights in September and October at the Leicester Square Arts Theatre. This Saturday, I've bagged... Well, I'll tell you my, my gigs, first of all, prior to what's happening Saturday. Saturday's quite uh, extraordinary. Uh, right, where's my diary? Hold on, I'm just going to switch the lights on. You might think, well, this is a real... Oh, what's happened here? Right, top of this light, got to screw it in. You might think, yeah, I'm really enjoying this show. This this is a really good show. But the fact is, if you break it down, I'm here on my own. I'm doing this. You might have some company tonight. I have no company. I'm here on my own. This is tragic. Right. Okay, there's the light. This week's gigs. I'm trying to pick up a gig tomorrow, possibly in Pimlico. I'm down, I think, in case someone else drops out. You know, I'm not sure the MC wanted me on that one. 
and I've also applied for another spot in uh, Southwark tomorrow night, but I always have problems getting onto that show. I, I don't know why, but uh, Thursday, right. Actually, I've got the details here. I don't need the diary. Thursday, I'm at the Victoria. I'm in the Vic- It's the Victoria Cup. It's a competition. I think there's money up for grabs, which is the only reason really why I'm doing it. It's a long shot that I'm, you know, it's not that I think I'm going to win. But if I do win, it'll be a bonus. There'll be some money there. It's in Canada Water, SE8. That's the Victoria 177 Grove Street, London. There are some good comics on, on there. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing it. I'm actually doing a gong show next month. I think I'm doing, um, I think that's in Greenwich. Um, that's next month. So I'll have to get ready for that Sunday I'm at the Ephra Social in Brixton which I'm really looking forward to Alfie Evers' night probably my favourite MC he really knows how to put on a good night and really challenging venues he's a very very funny guy that's uh, SW2 Uh, that's a free entry that one and uh, that's on Sunday the 12th I've been booked for that uh, for a few weeks now, wanted to do it for a while. That will mean I've done all three of his uh, nights at uh, different venues. I've been offered a paid spot that would involve new material and a variation on stand-up, so having to think about that, that would be in August. Got to have a real good think about that, make sure I'm happy with my set because they'd want to know what the subject matter is now. I want to get back to the promoter in the next few days. It would be more pressure, though, because I'd have to... I'm already working on a new set, so this would be another set in addition to that. But I've got a couple of ideas for that. So, the yeah, the big news on... Saturday, uh, I'm at the stand-up club, my biggest night yet. It's a pro night with me, definitely as a wild card. I've looked at the bill. I'm not going to be daunted by it. It's, it is a big deal, and I'm going to be the least experienced on that, but I've got to believe in my material, and they've seen my videos, and they're happy to have me on there. So that that's my starting point. I'd ask for some of you guys to show up in London, you know, some of you London guys to show up for, for support. But uh, at £18 a ticket, that's right, £18 a ticket. It's in uh, Piccadilly, the comedy pub, £18 a ticket. Would I pay that? No, that's more than my weekly little shop. So I'm not going to... Um, expect you to be paying that but if you can share an rt the links when i post that be appreciated and it might be noted as well by the promoter that i'm someone who can generate you know help to generate an audience to be getting this far to be achieving this where my life is the absolute mess that it is i think it's one of the it's one of the biggest things i've ever done it's i don't think i could have done it if i wasn't you know if things weren't so bad this wouldn't have happened it's 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 just driven me. It's driven me. It's like there is less fear on stage. I'm more scared of the stuff that's off stage, all the stuff I'm dealing with. So I go on stage and it's just an escape. So uh, trying to get a a spot somewhere else uh, tomorrow. But yeah, it's a, it's a quite a few big acts on uh, on Saturday. Professional acts. I'll be uh, posting links to that over the next few days. Look out for that. I was on my way from one gig. It might have been the gig that got cancelled a couple of weeks ago in Camden, the Camden Head. I was making my way back from that and ended up getting the 159 bus, as I often do, from Whitehall. And No, what bus did I get? 
I got a bus to Lambeth North. And I got off at Lambeth North, or a stop after Lambeth North Station, heading south. And there's a stop under the bridge. And I forgot to mention that on last week's show. It was one of the filthiest bridges I've seen in years. It was a hangover from the past. The amount of pigeon guano under that bridge, it was like Clapham North of a Rodo Bridge of the 70s and 80s. And I only waited under there. I would have walked on to the next bus stop, but uh, I only waited under there because I could see that the 159 wasn't far behind the bus I'd got off at. But uh, I don't know. What was it with the Victorians? They were engineering geniuses. There's no doubt about that, you know. But with railway bridges, they missed something because they never seemed to envisage pigeons dropping guano bombs on pedestrians. You know, they, they were just... The, the bridges were massively flawed and then they just didn't seem to tackle this because the netting under these bridges, which isn't completely effective, has only gone up in the last two years and the pavements, when they scrub them up, you know, when they scrub them clean of the guano, it's never quite convincing. There's a kebab house that I've mentioned before in Balham that's under the bridge, the railway bridge there. That for me is an absolute no-no. It's a, you know, it's a typically filthy bridge. Why would you be buying food from there. I don't, why, why would you even open a kebab shop under there or any food shop? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Even though you're protected from the bridge, you've, you know, it's a proper shop front, etc. I couldn't do it. I, I, I could not function under the bridge. I, I remember I was at school. There was a kid when we moved to Battersea. Every morning we had to walk under this bridge, and obviously he'd had a bad experience with a pigeon. And we'd be two of the first in. We'd be getting the one three seven from Clapham in the mornings, and he would always hurry with his bag over his head. Now I was used to find it funny. I'd never actually got hit by bird muck until I was an adult. So all, all the hundreds and hundreds of times I walked under the Ferodo Bridge in Clapham North, I never got hit. But as an adult, I've certainly, you know, been the victim of a bird strike. Okay, it's time, as you can hear, it's time for the Nectar Points update. This is a long show. Nectar Points update. I think I told you last week I cracked the 500 barrier. I can't find... I, I cracked it with uh, some Nivea cream. There was a deal on uh, men's Nivea cream uh, for £3.50. And that's what I used my 250 nectar points on, you know, which was just £2.50. So I paid a pound for the Nivea cream. The old Nivea cream, you know, that, uh, you know, the old classic blue tub. I hated that as a kid. It always felt so sticky. It was so thick. I never liked it. I never liked the smell. But a bit of men's Nivea cream, I don't mind. But I never pay the five pounds. I always wait until there is an offer. I feel like I'm hitting my, um, finding my stroke now with this show, just as it's uh, coming towards the end. What's going on here? Right, the phone was flashing. Okay, focus. Focus, David. Right. 1st of June. Okay, so a couple of Nectar points, point receipts. Uh, so I spent £6.77 on the 1st of June. Bought some mouthwash, one single orange. The oranges in Sainsbury's are so small, which is why I don't uh, buy that many from there. Just, you know, tick, keep them ticking over. Buy the odd one if it's a reasonable size. Bought some more ginger. I was on the ginger until last week. Had to buy a, a red uh, interdental. Uh, an angled interdental after speaking to the dentist. That was expensive, £3.50. Two more. 
uh, Hall Sugar Freeze. I'm spending a fortune on those and uh, some uh, bananas, 50p. Uh, my previous points balance was 26. I earned six points, new points balance, 32, worth uh, 16p. And uh, today I was in there, I bought some uh, floor cleaner, £1.25, not flash, so I, I compromised, went for the budget one. Uh, some yogurt, uh, £1.60, some semi-skimmed milk, which has gone up, long life milk, 65p now. Imperfectly tasty grapes, which I told you last week, have gone up to £1.24. Again, two halls, sugar-freeze. I mean, that's I just spend my night sucking on these things. And uh, some bananas. Uh, Quintet for 57p. 57p. Previous points balance, 39. I'll swallow, 1937. Points earned, 6. New points balance, 45. Points are worth 22. Now, what a week of Star Wars football it's been absolutely phenomenal week and i can't remember if i gave you the uh, actually rebels and death star played last week so i'll start from there you might have got that result last week league week eight rebels versus death star trouble death star with uh, captain spiders sacked naranjito from uh, tattoons i'm going to go for tattoon now tatooine sorry tatooine rather than tatooine Tatooine. Actually, I watched the third episode of Obi-Wan the other night. It was a bit better, but I still don't think it's very good. But it was a bit better. But it just looks a bit cheap, actually, I have to say. It really does look cheap. Uh, Death Star took the lead. I'm, I'm, I'm getting deja vu here. I think I gave you this game. Uh, Madden, it was a known goal by Roy Leaf for Rebels. And then Luke Besbin equalised against his former club. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure I gave you this result. The second game... That day, it was, uh, I wouldn't say a shock given the current form of Apex Overlook, but they won 1-0 at Empire, another goal from Raya. And again, I might have given you that. Yeah, I might have given you that. I don't know. Anyway, you've got those results now. In the Derby, X-Wing won, Aldron won. There were three games on the 29th. Brilliant game, this X-Wing. Absolutely outstanding in the first half. Jawa replacing Chirpa, who, who left for half at the end of last season. Jaw was uh, back in form. Brilliant crosser of the ball. And Han Solo, what a goal he, he got. Left foot, his first goal for X-Wing since returning 38 years after leaving uh, with that uh, valedictory penalty deciding kick in the Christmas Cup final of 1984, Christmas Eve 1984, arguably the greatest game of all time in the now 40-year history of Star Wars football. Aldran equalised through B-Wing on uh, 19 minutes. Kraken went off at halftime, turned out to be the last time he'll ever play for Aldron. Announced a move to Apex Overlook after that and uh, yet to make his debut for his new side, but quite a dramatic exit. I think the emergence of B-Wing as an out-and-out, out-and-out, uh, out-and-out, out a boot, a boot. I went a bit Canadian there. An out-and-out goal scorer for Aldron. He's now got 13 goals this season. It's affected Kraken. You've got Leia, who likes to play in the hole as well. And uh, obviously for uh, Kraken, he was in and out of the team. So he's gone and taken the harder challenge of uh, playing for Apex Overlook. And uh, probably uh, they will benefit from having him at Overlook. Uh, League Week 8, by the way. The two new teams, they don't have any players, but the two new teams, or certainly one of them has been confirmed for next year. Great names, these. Canto Bright. 
uh, going to be the 11th team to join the league for Silver Age Season 8. And it's looking like it could be Geonosis joining them. That hasn't been confirmed, but Canto Bright have been confirmed. Meantime, uh, the battle of the two giants who've won the last four league titles between them, two apiece, Bespin and Tatoon, fought out a goalless draw. An absolutely brilliant game. They're due to meet in the Champions League in a few games' time. And that meant both sides missed the opportunity to go uh, top. Only two sides changed positions in that table. Uh, Daz, uh, Diaz Pure, by the way, sent off against Bespin just seconds from the end of the game for a second yellow card. Tatoon were absolutely uh, furious and uh, Diaz Pure will now miss uh, a couple of, uh, couple of games. Uh, League Week 8 table. Uh, the placings. The only two teams that uh, changed positions were Rebels and Empire, who swapped positions. Rebels, Leapfrog, and Empire into seventh place. All the teams have played eight games. Hother in first place, 16 points plus six goal difference. Bespin second, 15 points plus four goal difference. Aldran stay third, 14 points plus eight goal difference. Tatoon just outside the Champions League spots, 14 points uh, plus five goal difference. Apex now, they've won their last four games and not conceded any goals. I'll swallow 1942. They're on 12 points minus six. Concord Dawn, they're in sixth place. Nine points plus one goal difference. Rebels in seventh, eight points minus two. Eighth place Empire, that defeat to uh, Apex Overlook, a real blow to them. They were finding their four minus five goal difference. X-Wing, uh, still in ninth place, five points minus five. Death Star, bottom, four points minus the League Cup quarter-final second legs at Takadan nil, Concord Dawn one, Concord Dawn win 3-0 on aggregate. Man of the match, Kui Jagun uh, John, the Liam Neeson guy. Oh, my God, I can never spell that properly, so I can't uh, be sure how it's pronounced. And uh, Loza scored. Loza scored. Brilliant goal from her. Her first goal in Star Wars football. Death Star were 3-0 down from the first leg at Alderaan. Uh, They snatched an equaliser at the end uh, for a credible 1-0 draw with Alderaan. Alderaan go through uh, on aggregate for one. Greedo had opened the scoring for them. And then Askey, the substitute, had equalised for Death Star. Epic battle on the 2nd of June. This was, was this the Thursday? I think it was. Tatoon went to Empire, Tatoon the holders, and uh, they scored, at the first leg was nil-nil, they scored, who scored? Medical Droid scored, the substitute scored uh, three minutes from time, but uh, a late equaliser from Death Star, a known goal. Hang on, getting confused here. Yeah, an own goal two minutes later, 30 seconds from time, gave Empire uh, a one-all draw. But Tatoon go through on away goals. And then X-Wing, this was was a a game that will haunt X-Wing. They were winning 1-0 with just uh, minutes left. And Ryi's put in a brilliant cross for the substitute Bosk, who scored just his fifth goal of the season to send Bespin through on away goals. This was a... Uh, repetition, if I can say it, of last season's semi-final escapade at X-Wing when after losing the first leg at home, Bespin beat X-Wing in more dominant fashion uh, at X-Wing to go through to the final, which they lost at Tatoon. 
But uh, poor substitutions by X-Wing. They took three players off when they were cruising. They were comfortable. Even though it was only 1-0, they were comfortable. No one could have seen them losing this, but there you go. They lost and they are now out. Tattoo now, by the way, unbeaten in 26 games, stretching all the way back to last season and League Week 10 when Death Star beat them 3-1. It's extraordinary. It's the longest unbeaten run in the Silver Age. They had the previous best record as well, 18 unbeaten in Silver Age Season 2, which ended only with a defeat on penalties in the FA Cup. The only trophy, by the way, that Rebels have won since the game returned in the summer of 2019. The FA Cup draw tonight. Uh, Hoth are away at Nat Hurth. That's going to be a late kickoff. Everything today has been uh, late. Uh, the draw, uh, well, the two games that have happened so far, both second division, uh, division two clashes. Aud Montel beat uh, Savarine 2-0 on uh, Saturday, no, yesterday, or when was the fourth? No, Saturday. I'm getting confused. Hosnian Prime beat Moncala two goals to one. When were these games? I'm very confused. Did I play Star Wars football yesterday? I don't know. What is going on with my memory? Tonight, Nat Huth versus Hoth. No team news uh, for you, I'm afraid. Death Star and Rebels, they meet again in an all-Division 1 clash in the FA Cup, Tattoon also host uh, X-Wing, Takadan, they host Apex Overlook, will be fancy to progress. Concord, Dorna, a very difficult looking game for them. They're away to Besbin, and then another all uh, Division One clash, Empire versus Aldran. So there are clubs who basically their seasons are really hinging on the FA Cup because they're so far off the pace in the league. Uh, hard swallow teams like, uh, you know, Empire, uh, Rebels, Death Star, they're already out of the League Cup. So it's going to be uh, a bit of a bit of a problem uh, for them. So uh, Ord Montel beat Savarine 2-0. Hosnian Prime beat uh, Moncali. Oh, last night. What a game to bring you. That's, that's why I was confused because I knew I'd played Star Wars football uh, last night. Uh, in Alzac 3, the World Club Final, Tattoon. Underdogs against uh, a very strong Tython side. Tattoon were looking to make it three World Club Final successes in a row to equal their three consecutive European Cup successes. And uh, they emerge 1-0 victors at Tython, the dominant team, the first uh, eight or nine minutes. Then a brilliant goal from Hans Solo. A terrific solo goal, if you, if you pardon the pun. Uh, first touch was a bit heavy. But it took him through this gap. And then he just waltz through the formidable Tython defence to place it past the keeper and the goal. Tattoon hang, uh, hung on to their lead even to win 1-0 and secure their third successive World Club uh, Championship final. It was an incredible goal in what was a very good game. Tython, though, uh, you know, they just never recovered from that. They really didn't recover from that. They were heavy favourites going into the game, which was ridiculous when you consider how many trophies Tattoon have uh, won. Not much news to report really from the uh, cafe. I think just things I need to work on. Awkward tall glass placements on my part in the cafe. The the tall glass is behind the laptop. I struggle to get it. Uh, Argentina 78 was in at some point last week. Uh, hey, Alan, how you doing? He said, I'm not going to shake off the Alan thing. I don't know where he came up with that. Hand wash finally in the men's today. So that's progress. A week long absence uh, for hand wash last week in the men's. So, you know, let's end on a high. Let's end on that positive note. And that is it. That is the still not being able to speak properly. Not able to speak properly. That is the end of today's show. 
Okay, please, if you can, share an RT, the podcast, spread the word. Now it's time for you to... Oh, what is going on? Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back, etc. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 